helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, How to Stop Cravings and Lose Weight. Yes, in this show today, I will be discussing how to lose weight without restrictive dieting. It doesn't matter how overweight you are. The ideas discussed in this show will work if you follow them. But even more importantly, is that you will be able to keep the weight off that you lose. Like me, you may know many people who have followed these restrictive diets where they starve themselves for months and lose lots of weight, only to gain the weight back and even more within a few months. There are psychological factors that explain this phenomenon. And we will get more into that later on in the show. As usual, as we go through this show, I'll be using biblical examples to illustrate some aspects of the show. In today's show, I'll use the example of Adam and Eve to express this idea of cravings. Yes, in that story, we read of the forbidden fruit. And we see here that Adam and and Eve seem to have had an uncontrollable desire for food, for that food, that fruit that they know that they shouldn't eat or that they knew was not good for them. But let's read Genesis 3, 6. It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he it. In the biblical narrative, Adam and Eve already had everything they needed. They, they could eat from every, tr- every tree in the garden. But the craving for the forbidden fruit was so strong that they risked death to have it. This is similar to what many who are struggling to lose weight go through. They know they shouldn't have that other large slice of cheesecake or that other plate of food. They know it's not good for their health. They know that eating it will sabotage their weight loss plan, but they just cannot resist it. Yes, like Adam and Eve, many who struggle with their weight loss may already be full and have eaten everything they needed. However, that cheesecake is just too irresistible. Similarly to Adam and Eve, who justified eating it by claiming it would make them wiser, even though God had said they would die. People with cravings can justify eating what they know they shouldn't have. For example, they may say to themselves, this will motivate me to get up early tomorrow and go for a run, which usually never happens. Or they may say, I can't let 
this go to waste. I have to eat this to reduce food waste in the world. Or Aunt Dorothy put so much effort into making this pizza, I can't let any of it go to waste. Like Adam and Eve, we convince ourselves that there is a good reason to have the food that we know we shouldn't have. Have you found yourself doing that? Have you made excuses as to why you should eat things that you know you shouldn't have and then make promises to yourself that you never follow through on promises to lose weight that or to do things that will help you to lose weight that you never follow through on. I think I can see many people saying yes to that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about why many diets where you starve yourself don't work. The reason has to do with the hormone leptin which monitors the level of fat in our body. When your body functions the way it should, it produces leptin, which causes your stomach to feel full faster and your appetite to decrease after adequate food. Leptin also is involved with body metabolism, causing your body to burn fat and giving you the energy to be active and lose weight. You may know some slim people who can eat some of the, some of the food on their plate and leave the rest. And you are struggling with your weight and wondering, how are they able to do that? How are they able to leave that slice of pizza there after eating, uh, two other slices? This is unimaginable for you. This difficulty is due to their bodies responding to leptin. In other words, their ability, I should say, to do this has to do with their body responding to leptin. As a result of this, they achieve this sensation of feeling full much more quickly than those of you who are struggling with your weight. Or conversely, you may know these slim people who can eat just about anything and never put on weight. Again, this is because their body produces leptin, leptin and their cells receive signals after they eat to burn fat. In an interesting study done by Jeffrey Friedman of Rockefeller University, researchers found that injecting obese mice with leptin caused them to burn fat and lose weight. Conversely, they also discovered that mice bred to be incapable of producing leptin grew to three times their normal weight and size. The research, this created a, a buzz. This research created a buzz in the science community back then in 1994 because it was felt that injecting obese people with the hormone leptin would cause them to lose weight rapidly. However, that didn't happen. 
What they found is that obese individuals' bodies were already producing high levels of leptin, but their bodies had become insensitive to leptin, and it didn't matter how much excess leptin they injected into these overweight subjects, their bodies just did not respond. So these people had become leptin resistant. So when you are leptin resistant, your brain gets the message that you have no fat on your body. And so your cells become programmed to store fat to help you survive. In other words, your brains, your brain is not reading your leptin level correctly. And so you have intense cravings all the time, even if you have just eaten. So the question is, why are obese and overweight individuals' bodies not receiving the messages being sent by the hormone leptin? Researchers believe that this the answer to this question has to do with stress. In obese individuals, the hormones produced by stress are being read as a signal that there is famine. Researchers theorize that our bodies are programmed that way because our ancestors were often faced with the stress of famine or long, brutal winters where there were barely enough to survive. So stress is sending a signal to your body that there is famine and that fat needs to be stored. And this has been clearly brought out by other research, which shows that there is a relationship between stress and being overweight. Research, for example, done by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, discovered that children who were verbally abused or physically abused were twice as likely to be overweight than those who reported no abuse. Other research shows that women who are sexually abused are much more likely to have weight problems. And it's not just stress in early life. Research also shows that stress in adult life can lead to weight gain. So stress of a divorce, for example, or being a victim of a crime or the death of a close family member can trigger your body in this state to think that there is famine and that there is the need to store fat. So in this podcast, I'm going to be telling you how you can get your body to lose weight without these restrictive diets or these calories in, calories out approach. I will be explaining a powerful, simple method of reducing stress. And I will explore key principles for getting the message through to your survival brain that you are not in a state of famine and that you can lose the weight. Your cells can begin to lose the weight instead of storing the fat. So here are some principles. I think the first principle as we start, because there is such a strong link in the research between stress and 
and the weight gain, it's important step one is to deal with the past hurts in your life. Accept what has happened to you. Deal with it. Let go of the shoulds. This shouldn't have happened to me. Accept it as something that has happened. Doesn't mean that it's, it's good that it has happened, but think about that the fact that it has already happened and there is the need to accept to let go and to move on. There may be also be the need for you to forgive others who have hurt you. Because when you hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, it makes your body, it puts your body in the state of stress. And yes, I have spoken on other shows about the relationship between bitterness and heart conditions and high blood pressure and other ill health that you can have just by holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness. So deal with the past hurts in your life. Accept what you need to accept. Forgive who you need to forgive and ask God to give you the strength to let go. The second uh, principle is to be mindful of current stressors. What do you need to change in your life? Is your life out of balance? I think many of us are stressed because we are living life that is out of balance. Maybe too much emphasis is being placed on making money or becoming wealthy. Or not enough has been placed on rest and relaxation or exercise. Take stock of your life and see where your life is out of balance. So be mindful of the current stressors. Are you in a bad relationship? That can be a source of stress that creates this weight gain. Maybe you need to get help to deal with the stress in that relationship so you can begin to program yourselves to realize that you are not in a state of famine, that stress doesn't equal famine, and that your body can begin to read the levels of leptin uh, correctly. And now we come to some of the heart of the show today because some of these other principles I have talked about before on other shows, but now we're getting to stuff that is more specific to weight gain or to weight loss. The third the third point is to condition your survival brain for change. Your survival brain doesn't speak to your rational brain. Your survival brain reads the chemical levels in your body and decides what to do based on their and those chemical levels. And so if your body is receiving the signals that the signal that there is no leptin in your body because you have become leptin insensitive, your survival brain is going to go danger, alert, famine, let's store fat and let's create cravings so that we can, we can uh, survive this hard time ahead. So you need to create a condition whereby your survival brain can begin to change and to receive the correct signal. So let me give you an example of how your brain, the different levels of your brain doesn't speak to each other. Michael will be right back. 
You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic how to stop cravings and lose weight. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. When you step on a scale and it shows you that you're 50 pounds or more overweight, your cerebral cortex will say to you, you need to lose weight to be healthy and do the things you love. The limbic system may react to f- with feelings of sadness or regret over eating those two Big Macs that you have for lunch every day. However, your hypothalamus, your survival brain, because of leptin resistance, may be sending you strong craving for that large bag of chips in the cupboard, even though you have just had a, a, a big a big lunch or, or, or a big dinner. So it's important for you to, un- to, to figure out how you can get the message through to your survival brain. And as I have said before, your survival brain doesn't uh, speak with the other regions of your brain. So it only understands uh, the chemical that is secreted in your body. So to, to get the right chemical message sent to your survival brain, it's important to, 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 to speak in the language that it experiences, to speak in chemical language. And one way you can get the chemical levels in your, in your body to begin to send the right message is by visualization. You see, your survival brain understand the language of symbols. So by doing things like getting a, a picture of what your ideal weight looks like, what it is that you would like to look like at your ideal weight. Maybe you had a picture of yourself already where, when you were at that weight. Begin to meditate on that image of yourself. Begin to visualize the image of yourself at that weight over and over again several times a day. And now this might seem very simple and far-fetched, but research has actually shown, research done by US and German researchers in 2013 found that guided imagery meditation, sorry, guided imagery meditation over a two-month period could alter the amygdala's response to stress. So the the amygdala part of that survival part of the brain, or the fight or flight, uh, deals with fight or flight, uh, also has to do with the the stress, the, the stress levels that you feel. And what these researchers found through through this research is that People who practice guided imagery meditation over a two-month period had less activity going on in the amygdala region of the brain. And they were actually blown away by this because they were saying this meditation that they were doing were actually changing what is happening 
in their amygdala, even though the stress around them or in the lives of these individual was the same. So visualizing your ideal weight, visualizing yourself in a stress-free environment can help your amygdala to get the signal that you are not in a famine, that you are in a low-stress situation, that you are your ideal weight, and that there is no need for fat to be stored in your cells. So visualization is is key. A next way you can speak to your your survival brain is by cutting out toxic language out of your vocabulary. You see, when you say things like, I am never going to lose weight, or you even think it, I am never, I will never lose weight, or it's in my genes to be fat. When you think and speak things like that, you're actually producing the result that you don't want. Yes, many of us know about the placebo effect. The placebo effect is when they will give uh, sugar pills. That These are just pills that have no medical value whatsoever, no health benefits whatsoever. They give these pills to, to subjects in experiment with the, giving them the impression that they're giving them some new kind of medication that they're testing. And many of these subjects will report, oh yes, my headache is gone, or, you know, I now have have more movement in my muscle as a result of of taking this sugar pill and it's nothing but sugar pill so this is where the mind actually creates a positive effect just because these people believe that they were having some new medication their body produced the chemicals that caused them to feel better but many of us don't know about the nocebo effect the nocebo effect is where the negative beliefs that we hold actually do the opposite. So be careful of the negative things you're telling yourself about your inability to lose weight. Maybe you're saying, what you're saying on this show today, Michael, is too simple. Weight loss is much more complicated than that. If you if you say those things to yourself that is going to be hard, you're actually programming your body to make it difficult for you to lose weight. So I'm challenging you to start thinking in different terms that I can lose this weight. I am not born with the genes to be fat. I can actually get to my ideal weight. The next step is to use your most powerful brain state. We have four brain states and the first is the beta state and this is where when you're alert the next state is the alpha state after you have finished a task and not actively doing anything and then we have the third state which is the theta state and this is where you are awake but you are in a very relaxed and restful state it's almost a state in which people daydream and it's a state that you often get to when you are meditating and so in this state, your brain is most powerful and susceptible to change. So this is the state that you want to get to. And you want to get to that state by maybe uh, playing relaxing music in the background, dimming the lights if it's night, and getting yourself into a comfortable position where you're just reclined and in a comfortable position where you are just 
totally relaxed and listening to maybe the sound of, of sea waves or something that gets you in a relaxed state while you're visualizing the changes that you need. And the fourth state, I said that there were four states. The fourth is the delta state, and that is where you're in this dreamless sleep state. The most powerful state for the changes that you want to meditate on the changes that you want in your life is in the third state, the theta state. And so get into that state. Visualize what your ideal weight weight you want to be. Visualize yourself burning the fat. Visualize yourself uh, in a state of relaxation. Whatever it is that is causing you stress, visualize these things disappearing out of your life and visualize yourself in a state where you're happy and joyful. And I know that many of you might be saying, this is just visualization. But remember, we spoke earlier about researchers from the US and Germany who found that visualization changed the activity in the amygdala. And so the fifth step is actually similar to this step where it's not just, it's not just to use the most powerful brain state. The fourth step is figuring out what the most powerful brain state is. But the fifth step is to visualize daily to reduce stress. Think of your stress as an object that is decreasing in size as you meditate. Think of your spiritual person. Think of the angels of God coming alongside you to help you cope with stressful situations at work or to shelter you from stressful situations in your life. And so these visualizations will be, will be causing chemical changes in your body that will send the signals to your cells, to your cells that you are not in a state of famine and that your cells can begin to let go of the weight that it is storing up. And so on my website, I'll have the videos, stress reduction exercises that you can go to to practice daily that will help you to reduce the stress in your life. And remember we said earlier that your body's probably mistaken uh, stress for famine. And so by reducing your stress, you will be burning fat. And the sixth step is to eat good supply of real foods. And this is an important step. So I'm not asking you to go on a diet or to stop eating. All I'm saying here is that our bodies are programmed to recognize certain types of food. And when you're, when you're eating a lot of processed foods or a lot of foods that are not our ancestors did not eat, your body is not recognizing that for the nutritional value that it needs. So eat a good supply of real foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, salads, and unprocessed meat. And as you begin to eat these food, your body will produce the chemicals that will be able to get through to your brain that you are not in a state of famine. So here we have it, six ways in which you can stop the cravings that you're having and lose weight. If you have any problems finding the meditation exercises that we have on our website, please reach out to us at elimcounselingministry.com and we'll be, we'll be happy to 
to help you to find these exercises. If you have missed the first part of this show, you can hear it in its entirety by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling to elsministry.com. And you can search for that on YouTube and you will find over 300 videos there that have helpful tips like this show. So as you go on this journey, uh, let me say that it's quite possible to achieve the things that you want to achieve. But believing is a very important part of that. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. I want to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. We also want to remind you that we are not-for-profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. So until next time, may God bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.